You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, and my goal is to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, I'm going to be taking you through my gut test results and also my organic acid test. I did these two tests together, so everything is in one kind of big, long PDF. The tests are different, so they look different, but everything's nice and easy for me to look at. And people might ask, okay, well, why did you run these? One, I'm a huge fan of prevention. I don't have a lot of symptoms right now in terms of I feel pretty good. I've got amazing energy. My circadian rhythm is great. I'm at a healthy body mass that is easy to manage. For the most part, my digestion is pretty good. You know, I don't get bloated unless I eat something that I don't typically eat. Um, But I'd say the main things that I feel like I still was struggling with before I took this test is I have been struggling with cyclic acne. Um, some months it's fine. And it's just kind of like one small thing here and there, but at the same time, I know that it still shouldn't be happening even when it's better than I've had flares where they were just super inflamed and deep underneath the skin and they would leave scarring. And I feel like that's been going on for a few months. And I did a Dutch test back in the summer. I think it was June or July and things pretty much showed everything's pretty good. My cortisol was a little higher And that can definitely contribute to acne. So that's something that I've been working on. I've been meditating a lot, really working on nervous system health and really making sure that I'm, you know, lowering that cortisol, but I was still experiencing it. And I'm like, man, I just really should do a stool test. You know, I think this is something that I feel like everybody should do. And I'm telling you, I'm so glad that I did it Um, because there is a marker that we'll talk about that if we're to be left unchecked, it very well could lead to uh, precancerous or cancerous growth in the future. It's not the only thing that that marker could be known for, but especially having a family history, I'm just, I'm really glad that I took this test. So I use a lot of functional tests. I do hormone testing. I do stool testing, organic acids. I'd say those are probably the most common ones. I do environmental toxin, but the stool test that I personally went with was the Gut Zoomer by, by, by Vibrant America. And this is a company that I've been using now for the last few months, and I really like it. I like it. I know that the GI map is kind of what everybody knows is to kind of be the gold standard of stool testing. And I have nothing against the GI map. I've read tons of GI maps. One, um, full transparency, I have a really hard time ordering it being a practitioner in New York. So... Um, that's a huge reason that I don't run it is because I just, New York has really funny laws with functional medicine. And so I have a lot of limitations and I actually really do prefer the information and the layout in this stool test, uh, through vibrant America, vibrant wellness. This is the gut zoomer 3.0. I really like it. I think it's very easy to read. And when I'm sending the results over to patients and clients, it's really easy for them to read too. It, it just kind of breaks it down really simply. Like in the first page, it shows you your gut diversity, key ratios, and then it has a whole commensal breakdown. So what that is, it's just a little bar graph that has kind of a spectrum of green, yellow, and red. And based on where certain commensal bacteria falls, it it puts 
things on a scale. So for instance, it shows intestinal permeability, cardiovascular health, metabolic health, neurological health, um, irritable bowel disease, hormones, SIBO, autoimmune health, nutrition, liver health, and IBS. It shows all of those categories and it kind of rates every single one based on the microbes that they categorize in those categories. I'm going to walk you through each portion of the test as well, but I really love this front page because it just kind of gives me a glance. I looked at this the few days before Christmas. And as soon as I got the email that my test results were in, I was like, could not open my computer fast enough because I'm like, I, I need to find an answer that could be in here. And luckily I found some. So at first glance, I have decent diversity. Um, definitely like I'm pretty much right on the range of reference and I definitely haven't been, I know that I could be incorporating some more things into my diet for diversity and just making sure that I'm doing sauerkraut and probiotic rich foods daily, which has been something I've been incorporating more even since doing this, but comparatively to other dust tests or sorry, stool tests that I read, my diversity is is pretty good compared to the normal, but it's still something I want to work on. Everything else looked good. Like my intestinal permeability or leaky gut low, um, cardiovascular health, moderate to low metabolic health, good neurological health, good main thing that would, the only thing that was really in the yellow for me was hormones. And I was like, that's so weird because I didn't see anything on my Dutch test. Like my Dutch test looked pretty good. My phase one, phase two estrogen looked really good. Well, my beta glucuronidase was high and beta glucuronidase is if you've done a Dutch test with me, I always, when I'm going over, I say, okay, this is kind of phase one estrogen. This is phase two. We can see that on the Dutch test with, you know, the four hydrox, the two OH, the four OH, the 16 OH in the terms of the estrogen metabolites and then methylation. Those are, those are both done kind of through the liver, but phase three estrogen detox is done in your GI system. And that is through beta glucuronidase. So I'm really good with phase one, really good with phase two. I was sucking with phase three. My beta glucuronidase was high. And I'm like, that sucks because that is doing all the good work that my liver is doing. And beta glucuronidase, essentially, if you are packaging up and getting toxins and all metabolites ready to get out of the body, beta glucuronidase essentially unpackages those and allows them to recirculate. So it's, makes total sense because it just makes total sense. And I was like blown away and I was honestly surprised. And I, I honestly was very glad that I did this because depending on how high they get beta glucuronidase can be a huge marker for breast and colon cancer, which I don't know if I've talked about this, but my mom did have colon cancer before she had breast cancer. And I'm like, wow, I'm never, I don't ever want to go down that path again. And so I'm really glad that I can be on it now. I've got myself on kind of a little mini protocol. It's nothing extensive. It's nothing extreme. It's just making sure that that's really able to be eliminated. And I'll talk about some of the other results, obviously, but that was really the main thing showing high there. Um, What's cool about this test too, is it will also show gut pathogens. I only had one gut pathogen show up. I had just one virus be slightly high, which we have tons of bacteria and virus in our GI system all the time. So it's not unlikely that one is able to be a little bit more pronounced than another. This test also does test for parasites and I almost never see them show up on a stool test, but that doesn't mean that they're not there because they're not going to show up on a stool test. If you're not actively killing them off or binding them, like you're not just going to willingly pass parasites. So I wasn't parasite cleansing when I did this stool test. So I didn't expect to see any parasite DNA or anything in the stool test, but 
the proof is in the toilet when you are doing a parasite cleanse. I don't think you need a stool test to verify if you have one or not, because I rarely ever see one. You can hear Tala whining in the background. Nick just got home for lunch and she is always just seeming to be making an impact when I'm trying to record a podcast. So, so yeah, I, I, this will show parasites if you have them, but again, don't bank on it and just work through a parasite cleanse, especially if you are a living, breathing human. (laughs) That's my two cents on that. Otherwise, this stool test will show inflammation. So there's a few markers for inflammation. We've got calprotectin, lactoferrin, beta defensin, lysozyme, um, lysozyme, S100A12 is a marker that I see a lot off in a lot of people. And then there's, um, yeah, so we can, and then fecoacinophil protein. So that can be high also if there's a parasitic infection, but all of mine looked good. So inflammation low, that makes me happy. Next part of the stool test, we look at some digestive insufficiency and malabsorption. That's where I struggled a little bit, surprisingly, um, because I don't have bloating. I don't see any undigested food in my stool. But one of my goals this year, as is Nick's, is we are really, really taking our time eating. We are eating nice and slow because when you don't eat slow, I, I used to be the slowest eater in the world. And then I started eating really fast, probably because I started dating Nick. And he eats really fast. And I do notice that I'm probably not chewing my food as much. So I did notice some digestive insufficiency. We can take a look at pancreas uh, function. So I could have a little bit more natural enzyme output. Um, So eating slower, things like that can help with that. And there was a little bit of fiber in my stool. I don't remember what I had eaten. If it was hard to digest for me, I can't remember what I had that day. Then we can look at fat malabsorption. I just had one or two of those off there. Again, that's going to come down to like if stomach acid isn't as strong as it needs to be, if digestive enzymes aren't where they need to be, you could struggle digesting that. We've got a few different gut metabolites like bile acid and short-chain fatty acids. Those were pretty good in my labs. Um, Not crazy. Nothing, yeah, nothing really overwhelming. Then we get to some other markers, secretory IgA, which is really good for like your immune system. Mine was fine. Zonulin, uh, which could be uh, an issue with inflammation. Uh, Fecal uh, anti-gliadin, which is a marker for wheat sensitivity and um, serum antibodies for wheat. Um, I know that I don't really do super great with wheat, so mine was just slightly elevated, it shows you pH, uh, if there's any fecal blood, um, and then the beta glucuronidase, which yeah, in mine, mine was mm, like one and a half times what it should have been almost double. And yeah, again, beta glucuronidase is an enzyme produced by anaerobic bacteria in our gut. It can, uh, really, contribute to kind of uncoupling what your body's conjugating and trying to get out, making it free and having those potential carcinogens run around your body. So that's why it's really not good because when your liver takes something and it it conjugates it and it packages up ready to get it out, those conjugates need to get out of the body. So they don't want to be unpackaged. So this was a really important enzyme. And again, I just, I'm just really glad that, that I experienced and did this test because I never would have never, I never would have known that. (laughs) Like I don't really have other symptoms. Um, and then it kind of goes through all of the markers and all of the bacteria and commensal bacteria 
that contribute to things like intestinal permeability and um, SIBO and all of those different types of things. So it's cool because it lists it out on, it lists all the bacteria and then it lists your level, the reference range, and then on the right-hand side, what that potential bacteria could be associated with. So there's a lot of overlap with this, you know, enterobacteria is in a lot of places, bifidobacteriums in a lot of places, lactobacillus, like there's so many bacteria in various places that that it overlaps, but it's, it's really cool to show you how the microbiome has such a systemic effect to not just intestinal permeability and SIBO and IBS, but to things like cardiovascular health. There were two or three, yeah, there were three markers out of probably 13 that were off for cardiovascular health, uh, for myself. So just mainly one of them was low, two of them were high. Uh, so I mean, it's just, it's interesting to see it, but then it shows like your autoimmune markers, which I was actually really happy to see all, like my whole autoimmunity page was all green, which is good because sometimes I've definitely tried to maybe convince myself, like, do I have Hashimoto's? Is there something autoimmune going on? Because I've had in the past, uh, Raynon's phenomenon, which if you're familiar with that, it's where it used to happen. It actually, it hasn't happened to me in a while, but Raynon's is where two of your fingers, like your pointer finger and your middle finger essentially just go numb and like there's zero blood flow and they go white when you are experienced a cold. I don't know if that's better now that I actually do more cold exposure. I really don't know, but I can tell you that I haven't really experienced that. My thyroid's been good. My metabolism is good. My energy is good. So I was, I was just really happy about that. Not that I suspected that I totally had something, but I just want to make sure I'm preventing something like that. So I definitely want to keep it that way. Then it shows, again, your gut is so related to your metabolic health and your metabolic health is so important to your gut. And I only had, I had two markers just ever so slightly elevated there. Um, Like one was like the reference range was 20 and I was 21 and the reference range was 20 and another and I was 25. So slightly high, but everything else was normal for that. Nutrition was pretty good. There was just one marker for low butyrate production, but otherwise everything was good in terms of digestive health, um, folate, B12, B6, oxalates, all of that. Uh, neurologic health, um, I feel pretty good with that. I feel like I don't have brain fog. I've got great, good concentration of probably, I don't know, 30 markers. There were one of, one of them that was low, one of them that was slightly elevated, and one that was moderately elevated. So... I'll take, I'll take that. It's definitely something I want to still continue working on by adding in certain strains of kind of probiotics, making sure I'm getting in plenty of glycine because glycine is so important for neurologic health. So glycine is really high in bone broth. I've been doing a cup of bone broth every single day and then making sure I'm getting my B vitamins in and I mainly get them in through meat organs, uh, such as liver. I've been cutting up liver and taking about like a half of an ounce of it every single day. Cause I find that that's the most absorbable form. Um, I was really happy that my liver was healthy because there's, uh, the next page is gut microbiome and liver health. So again, taking all the microbiome, uh, and showing how it could be related to liver cirrhosis. Um, there was one, yeah, there was one marker that was just a little bit low. No, two markers that were a little bit low. Um, again, like out of 30, so not doing horrible there, but I know that for myself and we'll talk about this when we look at my organic acids test, but I, I'm just a bad, a poor or subpar detoxifier. I know that it's something I need to work on. If I have one glass of wine, even if it's organic, I just, I don't feel good. So I really don't try. I try to limit those things 
Um, and I, and I have no problem doing it because I love the way that I feel without it. Um, and knowing, okay, I'm probably not the world's best detoxifier. So, um, there was one of the markers for IBD that was a tad low. So again, that's just going to come with variety. And let's see. Uh, next one's IBS. Those looked good too. And then the gut microbiome and hormones, it shows the beta-glucuronidase producing bacteria there. There, for some reason, is two. Oh, there's glucuronidase and galactidase. Um, th- that one was normal, but the beta-glucuronidase was high, higher than we would we would want to see. So I'm kind of started on a protocol for that. All my gut pathogens were fine. Uh, no bacteria. So no H. pylori, no E. coli, no Campylobacter, no Clostridium, Vibrio. I mean, I'm just shortening. This is a huge list. Um, but H. pylori is a huge one. And um, yeah, not nothing there. Uh, no parasites or protozoa. No parasites or helmets. No, vi- oh, one virus, sorry. One virus, um, but no Epstein-Barr. Um, that was something that I remember my mom got tested for and she had a reactivation of Epstein-Barr. Most people have it, but when you get a reactivation, it's usually due to like a stress or trauma. No fungi or candida. Um, There's one, two, three, four, five, six candida markers, none detected. I was really worried about that too, because that was kind of a differential diagnosis in my mind of, okay, is this acne candida? But then I'm like, no, there's no way that it can be because if that, if I'm getting, if my skin is perfect for half, like, most of the month, except for a few times cyclically like that, a candida would be all the time, but I'm just really glad that I don't have any candida. Cause that's sometimes a pain in the butt to get rid of. It's very doable, but it, it can definitely be a pain in the butt. It also, we can look at antibiotic resistant genes. Um, I don't have any of those, uh, the inflammatory markers. It kind of gives you a, a little bit more extensive breakdown. So really kind of all in all, I need to take a little bit more time with digestive health and uh, malabsorption. So I really want to make sure every time I'm eating, I'm mindful, I'm not stressed. I'm taking a good chunk of time to digest. I'm also probably going to be adding in some enzymes or butane HCL, even if just one time a day to just really make sure that digestive fire is going. And um, I'm adding in calcium deglucurate for my beta-glucuronidase because that really helps with that. And then I'm, I'm kind of upping the amount of uh, coffee enemas and things that I'm doing to help with glutathione support. Cause we'll get to why, but for the stool purposes, it's a master detox fire. It's going to help with the beta glucuronidase. Uh, it's going to help with that phase three kind of estrogen detox through the stool. So, um, that was kind of everything with the stool test. I asked you guys if you had any questions on the stool test and, um, I answered, what company do I use? I use Vibrant Wellness Gut Zoomer. You have to order that through a practitioner. Um, the difference between this and the GI map, really there's not a lot. Like it's all, it's testing for Vibrant America or Vibrant Wellness is testing for, I call it that because the website that I log into is Vibrant America, but on the test says Vibrant Wellness. I promise I know the name of the test. Um, the, the main difference is I just prefer the layout of this test. And I actually think that the vibrant test is, is much more comprehensive. In my opinion, they're both still amazing tests. They're both great. I think from a, a consumer or patient client 
standpoint, I think it's much more in depth and easier for you to understand. Not saying that you should just read your own labs and know exactly what you need to do. And I don't want you to take what I'm doing, get your labs done and be like, oh, this is what Dr. Haley did. So this is what I'm going to do. No, this is what I'm going to do because this is my history. And like, I know my history, obviously. And everything is very um, personalized, right? So But I still think at the end of the day, I still think it's important for you to understand your lab so that you know what's going on. So, and I think from that, from this test standpoint, I think it's, it's very easy to do it. There's some people who look at it and they have somewhat of an idea and it's helpful, but at the end, it's still, you still need to obviously look what it, look at it with a clinical point of view. I just read one for a friend. Um, She had shared it on her stories and she's run a bunch of different stool tests. And she said that this one was by far her favorite in terms of comprehension. Um, so another question, do I run the GI map? I don't, this is the main one that I run. I do read tons of GI maps though. So when people are coming to work with me, if they have a recent GI map, I will gladly read it. I know how to, I know how to read all sorts. I've read Genova. Um, I do some with like, uh, through standard, uh, or biome. It's a company, it's a sister company to standard process. But so the main test though, that I run is this vibrant. Um, but I will read a GI map. And what are your go-to tests for this? Which markers are most important to focus on? In terms of what are the most important markers to focus on, it really depends on what you're dealing with uh, and what your symptoms are. For me, the most important markers that I focus on are the ones that were off and those totally go with what I'm, what I'm struggling with and just making myself be optimal. But for somebody else, you know, I've, I've read so many Dutch or, oh my gosh, stool tests. A Dutch test is a dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. I don't know why I keep mixing those up. It's probably because I say that a lot and I run a lot of them, but you know, I've read a lot of stool tests where people's intestinal permeability is just off the charts and it is so high and people are so inflamed because of the fact that they have such intestinal permeability or leaky gut. So it really depends on what we see as off. That's why reading these tests is fun because every case is very different and every test looks different. And I have to put each test to what I'm seeing with that patient or client. And so for that reason, there's really not like a marker that, Hey, focus on this marker and this marker. Um, if you are dealing with acne, uh, you might want to look at your SIBO markers. You might want to look at the markers for intestinal permeability, because if you have intestinal permeability, you have inflammation, inflammation is going to show up on your skin. So again, there's a huge list of markers. I mean, there's at least for each category, there's probably at least 15 to 20, you know, you want to definitely look at candida, especially if your acne is not cyclical, you want to look at the beta glucuronidase. You want to even look at your, you know, metabolic health markers, Again, there's probably 20 or 30 markers to look at for that because all of those can contribute, you know, to something like acne or skin health or anything like that. Parasites too, but like I said, we don't want to bank on parasites being there and like banking that, yeah, if they're there that you have them because trust me, I have them and they did not show up on my stool test. I probably don't have as many now because I've done a lot of work, but, um, but yeah, so now moving on to the organic acid test. So the organic acid test is a little different. It's through urine. It's a urine te- um, test tube. And I took it in the morning. And 
Honestly, things looked really good here. Of all the things, there were only a few different things that were off and I was really pleasantly surprised with that. So organic acids is uh, taking a really great trip down memory lane for me because it is going over the Krebs cycle, which the Krebs cycle is essentially how you are digesting proteins into amino acids and digesting carbohydrates and digesting fats and all of those different things and how your metabolism and how your mitochondria is working, which I didn't expect really much to be off of this because... Like I said, I have pretty good energy. I don't need anything for energy. I've got, I, I feel like I'm pretty stable with that. And I didn't feel like I was digesting foods horribly. Um, and in this test, it will show you. So the first part, we look at carbohydrate metabolism. Everything was good and within range there. I, we look at fat metabolism. Everything was good in range. Uh, energy metabolism. We look at mitochondrial markers. All of those were normal. There was not one marker off. The only marker that was off was one of these nutritional markers um, at three hydroxy, three methyl glutarate, which this is a precursor of CoQ10 or coenzyme Q10 and slightly elevated levels can lead to a yeast overgrowth in people. But I know based on my stool test that I don't have a yeast overgrowth. There's no yeast present. And when we look at fungal markers with the organic acid test, there really was nothing off there either. Next one is the glutathione. So there's two markers that we look at here with glutathione. Glutathione is your body's master antioxidant. It is like the most powerful antioxidant that you can have. It's, it helps with detoxification, all the things. And in my case, I know that from the Dutch test, they actually test for the glutathione as well. So I've taken more Dutch tests than any other functional test. And I know that in the past I have struggled with that being off this time. Um, there's two markers. One of them was slightly low. Um, but otherwise the other one was fine and within range. So again, that's kind of why I'm really doubling down on that. I actually did start taking glutathione as well. I figured that would really help with the uh, beta-glucuronidase and just that detoxification support. Um, and so far so good. Everything's going really, really good with that. And if you are going to take glutathione, I would recommend a liposomal form, but glutathione can get pricey. I understand that. And N-acetylcysteine, NAC, which was banned off Amazon two years ago, if you remember, or a year and a half, um, that is a precursor to glutathione. And that has shown very well in studies to be very protective over the liver. Uh, it's going to help your body make glutathione. And it's also really beneficial for respiratory viruses. So interesting, but yeah, those are things that you might want to add in. Selenium is another one. Next part of the test was ammonia access. Uh, we have oxalate metabolites and aspartate silicates and GI bacteria, and everything showed up completely normal and healthy with those, which is great. Then we go to amino acid metabolites. So I'm breaking down using the protein that I'm consuming, which is good mineral metabolites and urine creatinine, which creatinine is kind of like a kidney function. Everything's normal neurotransmitter, neurotransmitter, neurotransmitter metabolism. That was also all normal. And that is something that in the past I've struggled with. So dopamine, norepinephrine, I've struggled with those when I've taken D Dutch tests before. And I was really happy to see that these were all good because Dopamine is something that I see a lot, especially with people with anxiety or cravings and things like that. Low dopamine is essentially why we are seeking those dopamine hits through our phone and through constant interaction or chocolate or those types of things. So being able to really support those neurotransmitters is really going to help fight cravings with mood, energy, 
satiety, all of those different types of things. And your neurotransmitters are made in your gut. So I've probably done a lot of gut work since I last got that stool test, even though clearly there's still things for me to work on and that's okay. But I'm really glad that the neurotransmitters are good. I just had a, f- a few ratios off with my neurotransmitters, but nothing systemic uh, or nothing that is really going to cause an issue. There's for yeast and fungal markers. I had one yeast and fungal marker off. I had citromalic acid. So, um, it says, you know, consider a gut zoomer test in order to determine if this is due to normal flora or imbalanced flora. There are two different types. Um, yeah. And mine was just slightly elevated. So, yeah, making sure that, you know, when you, even just because you see one thing off, it's, you want to take it with a context of things. So being able to take, have this with a gut zoomer was nice because I was able to rule out anything that maybe one portion of the test might've said, oh, check out this. And then I was able to check it out via another portion. So that was helpful for bacterial markers. Nothing showed up there. Clostridium bacterial markers, nothing there. And that's pretty much it. So Organic acids is cool. Um, I, I really like it. I think if you are going to probably run any functional test, I would say, I'd say a stool test is probably the way to go, honestly, because it's, I mean, as you can tell, it's very comprehensive. I didn't go through every single bacteria marker because we would have been here for three hours if you, if I were to read every single one out loud, but because of the way the test is laid out and it's laid out with kind of sections and what it might be dealing with that system of the body, I think it's really easy one is a practitioner to read it and apply it to the person in front of me or the person on the computer in front of me. And two, I think it's easy and nice for you guys to be able to see it and be like, wow, this is something that I feel like I've been struggling with. Like there were people that I read the gut zoomer for where their celiac markers were all off. And I was like, this isn't diagnosing you with celiac, but it is indicating to me that you don't have a really great time digesting gluten. I don't think most people do, but they were like, oh, you know, that's something that I feel like I knew all along, but it's nice that it kind of confirms it. So I think it's nice because one, it might confirm things that you might already think are present. But in my case, I was totally shocked. Like I, I never would have thought that that would be off for me because I do so much detox support. I have regular bowel movements. I, you know, I eat the things that help bind up that stuff, but I mean, it could, maybe it's a genetic thing. I don't know. Um, but it's something I'm definitely going to be working on. And I'm going to be running another one probably in May or June, I would guess. Um, I ordered one just so that I have it because they had a sale last two we- two weeks ago. Um, so I-, I ordered one just so that I've got it. So if you do order a test, but you don't want to take it yet, and same goes for really any functional test. If you have a Dutch test with me, if you have a stool test, if you have organic, like the test can sit for a long time, but the second that you use the test strips or take the stool sample, it needs to be sent back to lab. That's the only kind of time sensitive thing. So if this, if the test is sitting, you know, don't, I wouldn't say let it sit for years, but it's, it's going to totally be fine sitting for a few months. So I will plan to update everybody when I redo that test back in the spring. And if you have any questions or you want to inquire, I have an inquiry form that you can fill out at the bottom of my website, drhaleyshoff.com slash consults. If you scroll all the way to the bottom, there is an inquiry form where you can send an inquiry saying like, I'm experiencing this. I'm kind of interested in getting this, this, or this done. And I can send more information and see if it would be a good fit. 
for you. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you took some good tidbits with you and thanks for listening.